My sincere thanks to the Honorable Ministers, uh, Dr. Peter Pandemir Tyagrajan and uh, Mr. Mahasubraman. In spite of your busy schedule, today the swearing is happening. In spite of it, you could make it. Thank you very much, sir. It's a rare opportunity to meet uh, such a unique panel, both economic and social pillars of the state. Tamil Nadu government also has set a target of bringing huge investments to achieve the $1 trillion economy in 2030 and also to boost economic growth. We are all aware the proactive initiatives taken by the government of Tamil Nadu in the last nine months has brought significant investments and industries are extremely enthused by this robust governance. As we also know, Tamil Nadu is not just an important state in the country, but also compared to the economic size with a few other countries outside the world, like Sweden and Norway. Tamil Nadu's dominant position in large industries is complemented by an equally strong MSME sector. It has the second highest number of registrations on Udyogada registrations. MSME sector in the state is diversified and produces a robust vendor ecosystem for large industries. Industrial development and services has been the cornerstone of the state's economic growth story and the key narrative of state's prominence nationally and globally. Government of Tamil Nadu seeks to encourage the trends aligned with increasing manufacturing competitiveness such as Industry 4.0 and the sunrise sectors. Likewise, healthcare sector is strengthened and structured in a new way, addressing the current issues and scoping for the future. I'm happy to learn that the state is benchmarking and working to achieve the standards of developed economy in healthcare. Along with you, I'm also keen to learn from the government and all the other business leaders how today the way forward is going to be on the economic and the social progress which will unfold in the near future. Now, since the finance minister has to travel to the airport, I request to you know, share your views on the keynote address, sir. Thank you, sir. Over to the finance minister. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, thank you, Dr. Chandra Kumar, uh, for the kind introduction for also giving me this uh, change in, in time slot. Uh, my colleague, uh, respected brother, uh, Honorable Minister Masubramanian, uh, former chairman and uh, director and group president of TAFE, Mr. Chandra Mohan, uh, Mr. C.K. Ranganathan, Ms. Prita Reddy, Ms. Satyaka Maria, uh, thank you all for giving me this opportunity to participate in such a distinguished panel. Uh, the topic for me is, is uh, a bit uh, broad, but uh, because I don't want to overshoot my time, I'm going to be, try and be very brief and very particular. Uh, first of all, I apologize for having to do this remote because I had to come to Madurai for the swearing-in of the mayor. It's not uh, uncorrelated to our discussion today. The quality of governance, as uh, Dr. Chandrakumar pointed out, has impressed the people so much that we've uh, won a sweeping majority in the polls. And these polls are very important because as important as whatever policy is set in Delhi or in Chennai, at the end of the day, local self-governance is where delivery happens for the uh, uh, last mile to the people for drinking water, for infrastructure on roads, uh, waste removal, sewage, and so forth. So this has been a, a very important piece of the democratic puzzle for us. And as I'll speak in my, in my comments, uh, the more robust a democracy, the more likely we'll have good growth, and the more likely we can have uh, our chief minister's goal of everything for everyone and an equitable and inclusive growth. 
So first, if we start with the target of a trillion, uh, we are roughly between 290 and 300 billion today, depending on your um, you know, foreign exchange rate at, the, at any given minute, which means in about 10 years, we need to have about 14% a year uh, compound annual growth rate uh, in nominal terms. Now, uh, if you look back in the last 15, 20 years, the last time the DNPA was in power between 2006 and 11, the real compound annual growth rate was 10.1 or 10.2%. So you add in, I don't know, 5% inflation on top of that, on average, it was probably 15 plus. So clearly a doable goal. Um, and we are not the first to think about this. You may recall the previous chief minister had a document called Vision 2023, which was built with a lot of inputs from a lot of people, ADB, World Bank, IMF, et cetera, which are all you know, brilliant inputs. The problem with that document was that it literally uh, failed in the next, in the first two, three years, because it was released in 2013. By 2014, she got into legal trouble and other troubles. And the problem with 10-year plans is if you lose the first two, three years of compounding, then the back end becomes something like 20% and not achievable. So the first two, three years are crucial. In that sense, we have the exact opposite scenario today. Not only do we have a government uh, that is clearly proving it can uh, operate and administer, but we have a couple of bounce back scenarios. Uh, one is that we're all coming back from the pandemic, so we have a low base effect and we're going to see relatively high growth. Um, I'm a bit concerned that some of that is also manifesting in high inflation, but that's something that as a state government, we don't have very much control of. I assume the RBI and the union government will do what they need to do. We have a bit of a bounce from the fact that uh, much of the world is turning away from China, and therefore there is a natural need or a natural uh, uh, kind of uh, yearning for new places for investment, for manufacturing, for other services. And so that's a positive as well. And at some sense, there's a bounce back from maladministration uh, because the finances of the state of Tamil Nadu deteriorated so rapidly, uh, and we have been able to make uh, such a remarkable turnaround as will be evident when we, uh, when we um, present the revised estimates for the year in a couple of weeks when the budget is presented. On the other hand, there are a few major macro risks that we see. Uh, you know, the global kind of inflation levels are rising to, to at least not seen in 15, 20, 25 years in some cases. Commodity prices probably not seen in 30, 40 years. And commodity prices tend to have long-term cycles. They're not two-year, three-year cycles. So if this is the beginning of a new uptick, then this is a very uh, concerning, disconcerting, uh, concerning development that may have um, implications on what our future growth potential is. Of course, we're all aware of uh, the kind of global conflict risks that have uh, escalated since the, the last couple of weeks, and uh, that could go anywhere. So that's another headwind. And finally, I would say that some of the policies at the level of the union government are not necessarily uh, conducive to the circumstances. This notion of somehow being able to do atmanirbar or, or full self-reliance, which implicitly means reducing imports and reducing you know, the connectivity of the global system, while at the same time looking for export growth or looking for huge massive uh, you know, external investments is, is, not, uh, is, is not consistent. There's a, there's a, a you know, kind of distortion between the two. Um, of course, in Tamil Nadu, uh, based on 100 years of the Dravidian model that our chief minister keeps talking about, 
uh, we have some uniquely good outcomes relative to the Indian average or even relative to any other state in 100 years or country in 100 years. Uh, first of all, you know, we're blessed with great geography. We have uh, enough sea coast. We have uh, internet cables coming in. We have enough airports. Um, and then we have probably more important, phenomenally good human resources because of 100 years of education, uh, compulsory education starting in 1921 uh, for boys and girls for elementary education. Uh, highest level of uh, gross enrollment, both in high schools, in the, you know, 90%. And in colleges uh, in the 51-52% range, probably double the national average. Uh, a whole uh, generation or other, multiple generations of focus, first from the Justice Party, then from the DMK and other adherents to the Dravidian ideal. Uh, we have relatively high social development index. We have relatively good communal harmony. And as a consequence of all that, we have relatively low Gini coefficient or relatively less of a stratified society. Now, I would say that in addition to all these advantages, which make us a more natural magnet than let's say most places in India, and you know, and then there's some kind of you know, short-termist things that are happening in places like Karnataka, which uh, further increase uh, people's uh, attract, you know, reason to come to Nadu. But the goal of a government is to provide a conducive environment for growth. That's, that's the job of the government. You know, we are not supposed to be in a lot of business. We are in some, but not in many. And in that sense, uh, having good institutions and a robust democracy uh, helps us offset some of the extreme outcomes of capitalism. Uh, if I was to make it more granular, I say really the job of a government is to have a fair, equitable, and compassionate and a social policy the safety net for the poorest, the weakest, the most affected, or those who are temporarily out of their normal lifestyle or uh, health. To uh, have peace and calm. In fact, even our predecessor, the, the chief minister on the other party used to say, Amaidi Walam Walarchi. She understood that having a, a calm, conducive environment where the rule of law, and Amaidi is not just about no law, not a problem. It's about the majority of society following the rule of law and not everybody trying to be a free rider and reduce the kind of outcome. And that's, you know, includes things like corruption and rent seeking, but also includes social mores that break down efficient outcomes because of a lot of individual kind of uh, uh, free riding. And then to run our finances so well that A, we don't crowd out the debt markets where private enterprise can raise it. B, we provide the kind of stability and performance that attracts investments Surely we are a capital, uh, inadequate capital country. We need to bring in global capital. A couple of days ago, for example, the, uh, the High Commissioner from Australia was uh, in some discussions with us at the Secretariat, former, former Chief Minister of New South Wales himself. And, uh, you know, there's a natural fit, right? Here's a country of 25 million people, about one third the size of Tamil Nadu. Lots of assets, lots of it derived from mining and natural resources and don't have enough investable opportunities. And then we have people like us who have lots of people, lots of need for capital, uh, lots of opportunities. So, you know, this is, if we make ourselves attractive, if we run stable uh, professional administrations, and if we can give investors that comfort, then we can attract the kind of additional capital that we need for investment. 
And then if we do things either directly or in PPP or with financial investors and so forth, if we create the infrastructure, the ports, the bridges, the hospitals, the drinking water systems, uh, the, the roads, then you know, that's when people like you step in and you add kind of the, the professional expertise, the execution capability, the efficiency to uh, you know, create jobs, drive growth, and improve the quality of life. So you know, our model has been pretty stable from the days of the Justice Party. There were things we thought only the government should do and it should do for all citizens, like provide uh, free health or free education. There were things that we thought were better for the cooperative sector, like insurance, like uh, you know, um, food distribution, like the public distribution system, uh, housing, mortgage corporations. And then we always thought that there were things that were best done in the private sector. Uh, for example, uh, when Perry Rana first assumed office as chief minister in 1967, uh, he planned for and ran a year-long exposition come exhibition come uh, trade convention in what is now Ananagar, which was globally focused. So our philosophy has stayed the same, uh, despite multiple generations. And certainly our chief minister today has already shown, both in terms of the level of investment attracted in the last uh, you know, nine months that we've been, office, we've been in office, as well as the kind of interest we're seeing. And in my opinion, that's just the beginning. You know, We were spending this year overcoming the second wave, the third wave, the floods, coming to office after 10 years, coming up the learning curves, cleaning up the mess, you know, all the kinds of, uh, uh, um, you know, inertia breaking things that we needed to do. But now I believe that we're in a good place. I think in particular, we have ambition and, and expectations in the R&D space, in the skilling space, uh, where there can be a multiplier effect by the government and industry working together. Uh, making sure that our youth and our, our transitioning workers from the agricultural sector are properly skilled and equipped to contribute to uh, a global services and manufacturing industry. And in the startup space, as I've been saying for a while now, we want the government of Tamil Nadu to be not just an investor, not just an equity shareholder, but an early adopter or a first user for a lot of technologies and to use that as a way of validating them and getting them out in the open. I think I've spoken for about 10 minutes, so uh, with uh, my thanks once again for the opportunity, uh, I'll sign off. I'll try and stay on as long as I can before I go to the airport, but thank you.